Welcome to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. Today we have we have a special cocktail uh, that uh, all three of us chefs have worked on. It's called uh, Punch with a little bit of Baby Yoda. Mm. That's right. Mm. It's a tropical punch, or maybe a stormtrooper punch. Biker today, <laughs> biker scout punch. Today I'm joined with uh, Nick and Chris. Welcome again back. I you this know is, for our- this is Chris fir- Chris's first. No, no second, second. It's so so. Just to to kind of lay out the Mandalorian structure here, we've we've covered the entire season. Chris was on the first one with with uh, Jack, and Nick uh, has carried the torch through throughout the the month of December. Chris, we finally got all three of us chefs together for uh, the this Mandalorian. This is like my third. We did one with with uh, Ralph as well, but. That- but maybe Nick wasn't there for that one. No, too. I was maybe there for Ralph. No, I did the one with Ralph with uh, Nick and Ralph. Were you there for Ralph? Oh. No, I was there no, for yeah, Ralph. No, yeah, yeah, we did. We did do a 4-1 with, with Ralph. This okay. was the only... Oh, Curry, thanks, sorry, Chris. You're, for... easy, you're easy to forget, yeah. Chris. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I just punched him in the face. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk... We're going to talk the Mandalorian and uh, the last chapter, actually. So uh, chapter eight, redemption. And hopefully I can redeem myself in Chris's eyes for everything bad that I've said about him. I'm Not fine, dude. Show. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, I'll put myself on mute. <laughs> our previous uh, podcast that we that we recorded about the rise of Skywalker I was drinking a lot of coffee in preparation just to, to rise. This one, The Mandalorian, I feel a lot more laid back where I can open up a brew and say, let's just chill for a little bit. <laughs> so The Mandalorian, uh, how did you guys feel about the, the last chapter of season one, how it finished? Freaking awesome. This is, Dude, this is Star Wars. This show is awesome. Yeah. Um, I, yeah so much to unpack with the show like i'm excited to see um what's his name I, I, what's john is it john carlo oh yeah um the uh, uh moth gideon moth gideon well, i mean mm-hmm. we all know him from um breaking poils Her, hermanos you know like he is an incredible actor and he's an incredible bad guy yeah. I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the show. Um, and apparently, it's a Darksaber. <laughs> Just skip to the end, Chris. Sorry. Ah! Sorry. I'm excited for it. <laughs> I was. I, I, that was definitely for that little nugget for like, you know, diehard Star Wars fans to see yes. Darksaber at the end. You're like, oh, is that freaking Darksaber? Mm-hmm. But, and I think for all of those non-Star Wars fans, because I think that's one thing about the Mandalorian is that it's been, hey, we can all we can all get along. We don't have to be, we don't have to know a lot about what's going on with this saga or anything. You know, just step up to the Mandalorian and and enter in. I mean, my sister's been watching it. My my brother's been. You know, there's a lot of people that have been able to. And I think just pick up the Mandalorian, feel like they haven't watched any of the Star Wars movies and just enjoy it. At least with the dark saber, even at the end, if they didn't know what it is, they're like, "That's cool," and I'm gonna get to know more about it in season two. They didn't even have to watch the Clone Wars or yeah, because my my dad was one of those, you know, because he 
basically binge watched because he didn't have uh, Disney Plus, so he binge watched the whole series of my sisters during Christmas, and he's like, "Wait a minute, there's a black lightsaber? What's that about?" <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, "Oh, that's dark saber. It's a Mandalorian." And they're like, "What's a man?" You know, you know, they don't, you know, they don't understand it, but they thought that he thought that was the coolest thing ever. He's like, "That's pretty neat." So I mean, yeah, exactly. It's enjoyable, even if you don't know anything. It's it's one of the good things about the show. But, uh, and uh, okay, so we started talking about punching, punching, yeah, punching baby, Yoda, and we jumped immediately to the to the to the get to the part. end. Yeah. I I so, really enjoyed the opening of this. You know, you see you see uh, Baby Yoda in the in the side pouch of, a, of the biker scouts, and the fact that they just stop and then have communications like any soldiers would. You know, like. Because like they're like, oh wait a minute, what's happening? Oh, uh, Moff Gideon is killing random troopers because one of them talked to him. You know, and you're like, oh okay, well, we'll just chill out here for a little while. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I was like that because that's what people would do. I was like, I, I really enjoyed this 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 two minutes of lighthearted comedy. You know, and then even the the them target practicing and missing horribly at a can. You know, <laughs> I laughed out loud. It was the best part. I, all I could yeah. think about was Ralph. And yeah, his, <laughs> Ralph and his like his apology apologies towards stormtroopers who actually who can shoot, but oh, no. that was great. And we've had two. Uh, that's what's really funny is that you know, like, Chris, I'm not sure you listen or not, but you know, because he did, he Ralph defended it so much of them. I like, was oh. on the show, dude. <laughs> no, I'm talking about later. I'm talking about later. I'm talking about later. So, because you know, in the in the, the the prison break episode, right. you know, the the guy gets offended because you know he's like, oh, he was an imperial sh- uh, sharpshooter. He's like, I wasn't a stormtrooper. You know, I was like, they just made an official canon that stormtroopers yep. cannot shoot, and then they double downed on it on this episode. <laughs> so it's like, I was a sniper, smartass. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, Bill Burr. Love that dude. Um, yeah, and I also like how it kind of at least explained why or what was going on between like at the very last uh at the very end of the last episode like does moff gideon know like why did he open fire on all the 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 people in the you know the bar at that time like who knows who has baby yoda at that point mm-hmm. and at that point only the those biker scouts know that they have the asset basically mm-hmm. so uh moff gideon even though he doesn't mention it um in the uh I, I, it was probably like the the one moment that I was just like, wait, why are you giving them till sundown? Yeah, to like decide. that was like, really I, questionable too. Yeah, I, I think that was the one moment where I was like, wait, and you haven't asked for the the asset. Like not at once all. does he at at all. At so all, that yeah. was like probably the one moment where I was like, wait, wh- why does he want them? We talked about this on the last episode too. Is like it, that's one of the things that made like because why did he open fire to kill other Imperials if he really wants Baby Yoda? It's like that's really dangerous gamble to open up fire into this cantina because what if you would have hit Baby Yoda? It's, right. It's it's kind of silly in a way. And then like, exactly so now this establishes that he still doesn't know where the Baby Yoda is, and he brings in a heavy repeater cannon or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, yeah. To it's like well now you've doubled down on like your destructive power. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is getting weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he he knows everybody that's in there, mm-hmm. except for the fact that he doesn't mention the asset. What does he want with them? So that was that was my my one kind of like what what, yeah, WTF? Like as yeah. as far as this episode. Other than that, like I felt like this episode was really solid on finishing out the season, yeah. all of the the things that it had set up. Um, mm-hmm. As far as like. 
you know, the, the Mandalorian's backstory. We got, we got his hero arc. We got the answer to who saved the day. And I, I think it was probably the most probably obvious answer. Like we were all kind of wrong and thinking like, Oh, it might be a Jedi or, yeah. you know, those were some of our guesses. You know, I was, I was a little bit let down with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does. It's like, I didn't want the typical answer. It's a man. Oh, it's a Mandalorian. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Of, of course, of course, T would see a Mandalorian and be inspired to become one of those. Right. Yeah. Chris, didn't you have a, a guess on that too? Like, like who, he, who saved Chris said Yoda. I said, Obi-Wan. Yeah. I forget who you said, Matt. Or did some, um, someone else said something else. Maybe I thought maybe I thought I said Yoda because he would Yoda. be like drawn to Baby Yoda or something. Oh, right. Okay. Anyway, we were we were all wrong in our guesses, um, but it was the most obvious. Uh, the Mandalorians saved the day. Um, um, I would say the IG Eleven saved the day. He did. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that, 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 that is one, true. That was one that was also kind of a, a WTF moment in a way even though it was an awesome scene is that, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he saves baby Yoda from the, the biker scouts. And you would think as his role as a protector, he would then return to the ship or escape, but no, he goes straight, straight into straight back to town, straight back to town <laughs> where he's completely outnumbered. It's like, wait a minute here. You are completely failing your programming right now. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, but I mean, he does say by doing it, he saves the crew, but it's just like, Okay. I'll tell you though that sequence. Oh I, my gosh. I, I was sitting right in this chair, looking at my screen, which you can't see over here. I my my screen that I watch, I play games on, and, and watch movies and stuff. Um, that scene where he like rolls through town and 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 starts rotating around, spinning and shooting people as they walk by, and like and having little baby Yoda be like, "Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> like I had I had a smile from ear to ear through that entire scene. And then seeing him, how he protected him, and how he like turned around and like shot oh, yeah. backwards, like ah, it was just it. That was that was just a very um, it was a very fun, uh, wild wild west style you know shootout that was. I just really, I I, I yeah. love this show. Like I, I really love what Favreau and all the, the directors have jumped on and done with Mandalorian. Uh, they've made it such a like a, a like a likable crew like you I, I was i was sad to see ig11 go you know mm-hmm. i i like i loved him as a, as a character yeah. I, I i was waiting for that moment where he's gonna come back and just be badass um you just you just like these guys like and, and, and we and we lost quill i mean they're not afraid to kill off characters in this no. show and and um, i i'm i'm fine with it like okay you know but I liked the where we got to where we actually finally got a crew together, even if they did dis- disband them. Mm. And it, it, what I thought was interesting too, is that like, you know, he was so telegraphed and it's like, he's like, I've never taken this head, head off for any man. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, he's going to take it off. Cause I G loves him. He's like, I'm not a man. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, he's going to take it off. And damn, did he, Pedro Pascal, bro, you got to get yourself back to makeup. He looked terrible. <laughs> but see that that's what I liked about it the makes review, sense. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, he's got the helmet like, on. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's the same it's the same way with uh with Darth Vader with right, yeah. the reveal of the mask. The fact that he looks weak underneath yeah. the, the Mandalorian mask there, like he's you know, pasty looking, his hair's all matted down. He doesn't it, I think it made more sense as opposed to like 
you know, him taking off the helmet and it's like luscious locks, like billowing out. And he like, looks like the most romantic lead actor you want, you know? No, it's just like, really good. It's he's a frightened man that's bleeding and sweaty. It is not, I don't know. I just, I liked that. I liked that. It was, it it was was pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I totally dug the scene where the, um, the forger. What's her, I don't know if they have. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, name. yeah. Uh, I love that scene when she's just like after they had all taken off and she's standing there with her tools. Is mm-hmm. that we saw her? She's got oh. her, her hammer and her like you know the I don't know poker whatever the hell it was. And then uh, when they creep up on her and she's just like, I'm awesome, Mandalorian. I'm awesome. And that the 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 one hammer like how it just like bashes the stormtroopers like mask off and like you see yeah. the jaw like i, I love the, of the the plastic mm-hmm. reed, whatever the hell they call it then find all the place i mean this show might be for your family to watch you know as 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 we do but boy they do some some moments that like even if you're like some things might be tame they do some moments with that that are, are pretty brutal and gruesome and i and i i admire the fact that it goes there and it doesn't let up tangent tangent yeah. Uh, so you guys know I, I'm I'm catching up on watching Clone Wars, and I'm about halfway through season two. I've been I've had a busy month, so I've not had a chance to watch a whole lot. You're, you're gonna love the uh, end of season two. Yeah, so I've I've been going through season two, and and I wanted to share that too. That's a brutal show. Yeah, like, dude, there's like, there's some episodes that are really they yeah. totally play the well. These guys are just clones card. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I was like, damn. I was just watching the episode where they the little snakes go up their nose and they mind control. Oh my gosh, yeah. that creeped my kids out. It's I'm terrifying. I'm on a I'm on a rewatch with my kids of of Clone Wars on our tangent since we're talking about Clone Wars. Um, the new Clone Wars season's coming out. The last season, uh, season mm-hmm. seven, is due on Disney Plus. So if you're if you're still sticking with us at that point, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um. But on the rewatch, you know, with my kids and they've seen they've seen some episodes here and there. But like Clone Wars is all over the place. Mm. I mean, I I, th- I think we were on our message group here. Uh, we were talking about like there's a chronological way to watch it or you can just watch it as as the episodes roll yeah, out. But works either way, yeah. they're, they're they're all over the place, like some somewhat. And um, so we're watching it in actual chronological order. And, yeah, there are some episodes that are coming that I'm just like, oh, no, like. Uh, my kids are going to be like freaked out. So um, <laughs> I, I, I see your comments there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> in the private chat here. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Clone Wars, though, gets pretty brutal. Uh, enjoying it with my kids, though. And uh, so excited about the the next season that, that's coming. So yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty pumped. About it. I, I want I really want to jump into Rebels. Really want to jump into Rebels because I I love. Um, what was the what was the book that I read about? It was it was the book where Ahsoka and um, what's his name? Oh uh, God, Ahsoka and you you guys and? mentioned no, you mentioned his name as as like a. Sabine. Oh, Ezra. Ezra, Ezra. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So the book where Ezra and Sabine meet, um, I've, I, I loved that book. So I love that. I love the whole, you know, relationship of the rebels. And uh, what's his name? Who's the big brute guy? Looks like um, 
Oh, oh Zeb. Zeb. Yeah. Zeb Gorelios, yeah. or whatever his name is. Um, I, I, so I know these characters from a couple of the games that I play, my Star Wars games on my phone, and kind of like piecing together and learning their backstory is is something I, I love. I, I love those stories. And it, it ties into, like again, going back to, you know, on our last episode, we we're talking about the Rise of Skywalker, talking a lot about the EU, and talking about, well, you know, about the Tarkin and, not Tarkin, I'm sorry, um, Thrawn era. And, you know, they're, they're dealing with all the rebels too, so... Looking forward to it. I'm going to try and get through six more, five more seasons of Clone Wars before I do that, though. Mm-hmm. The My kids have, I guess my one point was, is that my kids have also identified with the clones now, where they're like sympathetic with the clones. And I think that's one thing that, that the Clone Wars does really nicely, is that it actually gives you their their story in a way that like you're like, oh, man. Uh, these good these dudes have lives. Yeah, they they even so. do that in the. It's not the in the chronological. It's not the first episode, but it's the first episode with uh, with the Tordarians. You know, but oh. um, it's you know where uh, Yoda's trying to approach, and Ventress is trying to prevent him from approaching. And you know, that, oh, very, yes. first, that very first scene where uh, Yoda says he's only got three clone troopers with him, and he says, you know, take your helmets off, fit your faces. I wish to see, and and then they they say. Uh, well, you know, we all share the same face. And he's like, that may be mm-hmm. true, but in the force, you're all different, you know? And I was like, yeah. that's, that's pretty neat. You know, they, I mean, they yeah. established that from the very beginning that. No, know. no, that's, that's great that you mentioned that, that episode. And, um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of great things to like about it, but they, they clone wars goes all over the place as far as like, there's episodes which make you empathize with them. And then there's episodes that are like scare the sh- out of yeah. you because you're just like what is going on with these creatures so um anyway back side sidebar on clone wars and all of the animated stuff before we go back can somebody please do some justice with general grievous and give him a goddamn movie like <laughs> he is such an awesome character that they need to do more with it i feel like he got just the short end of the stick he, he, he did he did oh well, that's what I mean. Like, I know. I think, I think Jay and I have talked about this, and I think Matt too. Like, you know, if you watch the original Clone Wars series, which is the 2003 to 2005, right. the introduction of Grievous is in that series, and he is such a bad A that you're like, <laughs> I want this guy, you know, yeah. and you don't get and even, that, you know, even how it ends too. It yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. So, um, but uh, anyway, let's get back to the Mandalorian. That that's what's Sorry. brewing today. Um. <laughs> okay uh the the mandalorian is is we learn his name um uh we also learn kara's full name yeah. in this moment um we learn that grief karga is a magistrate so apparently like he's, he's not he's not just we, a we, we also learned that kara is an alderanian yes yes that's right i'm glad that you mentioned that because that's a that's a good thing to 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 Maybe that even adds to her backstory as to why she hates, hates the, the Empire. Empire. Yeah. I mean, I loved the fact that when, and I know this is in the previous episode, but I love the fact that when the Mandalorian goes to get her, the one hook that he has for her is like, well, it's the guy's Empire. You know, it's like the guy's Imperial. Like, like she has such a death wish for anything that's Imperial that, I mean, seeing her carrying, like, like with that big gun, just taking down stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. It's just such a cool moment. Um, 
Wait, I, I loved her. I loved her throughout this entire episode. This this last episode was great. So we yeah. also we also learned about Moff Gideon too that he was a former Imperial Regional Governor and mm-hmm. a member of the Imperial Security Bureau, Bureau so like the CIA. And right, he was rumored to be executed for war crimes, but apparently which not. makes which makes sense why he's rolling with these death troopers because I would right. I think death troopers I think like CIA FBI like higher up like like mm-hmm. a little bit more elite than you're, you're just your normal, you know, regional governor. So um, we're also getting a little bit more of Mandalorian's history here too. Cause we also hear about the night of a thousand tears, man, you guys are just beat for beat. I've got all these and then you're like getting them. Yeah. Like exactly. That's one of my questions. So what is the night of a thousand tears? Cause it's not clearly, it's not the purge. It's something else. And it's it's an, it's got to be an I, or, it's got to be an order or something. But I I assumed that that was part of the night of a thousand. The I I thought that that would be a part of the purge or something like that. Maybe. Like so, I mean, we're clearly going to get more Mandalorian history if if somebody's like popping out this dark saber and starting to wield it around. I mean, this dark saber is something that united the Mandalorians in the past, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's something that's got a lot of history with with the Mandalores. So. The fact that this guy knows who he is, you know, and she knows who he is, Moff Gideon. I, I felt like that was it was a nice setup and a nice payoff that we finally have a proper villain for this this TV show. Like up to this point, like we thought maybe the client was it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like some of the criticisms if you were kind of trudging along with these middle episodes and you were like, Oh, I, I need something more, you know, than just these one-off like, you know, villain of the week kind of characters. You know, we, we finally get it with, with Gideon. Did you guys realize that the troopers that were there with Gideon were the five Oh first? Oh, um, I had, I had heard about that. The five Oh first, like had, had basically volunteered to be, um, basically they're they're extras you know that was kind of part of a way that they kept their cost budget down yeah because they'll do it for free yeah they're mean they're diehard fans yeah yeah um they they were one of the biggest reasons was they're running out of costumes (laughs) yeah (laughs) they they didn't have enough enough stormtrooper costumes so they brought in the 501st which i think is really cool so those who don't know the 501st um you guys can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here, but the five hundred first is like it was a charitable organization that started back in still is, yeah, or yeah, is a charitable organization that started back when like the Phantom Menace came out, I think, uh, probably or even before that. But yeah, I mean there there's tons and tons of divisions all over the world, you know, and re- and they're bro- broken up by states in in the U.S. and you can just Google them and, you know, join as long as you have a, a, a pretty good costume, you can join for free. And then they, they have meetings every month and you can, uh, there's trials too. Like you have to like yeah. swim a, a, you know, a mile in the armor. A, yeah. And you got to do an eight minute uphill. mile in the armor. Mm-hmm. So you do the, sa- the, the salmon walk uphill in the armor. By the way, those biker scouts do not look like they could do a 10 minute mile. Like no. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that the way that the they most hated their... man on Twitter this week. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I couldn't get over that. It's like, you know, people were so upset that he punched a baby and you're like, you realize that these are fictional characters and he's punching <laughs> a, a CGI slash puppet character. Like, yeah, it's like an hour long video of him just like constantly punching it. You know? and he's, not, he's actually just punching a bag. You actually don't even see him punching the child. Right. Yeah. 
front. You, yeah, you realize Baby Yoda is just a puppet. Um, no, but, he's uh, not. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I, I think I, that I, that, sh- that shows how much love goes deep for the Mandalorian. So it is. It's a good show. I mean, and that, I, I, what I liked about this episode also is that it was a perfect blend of action, character development, and humor. And humor is always a good thing because, like, you have a couple of different lines. Like the first one, because we kind of skipped over it, was like, you know, when they when they break out the the heavy repeating blaster, and then Kara's like going, "I can't be taking capture," you know, because they'll use the the mind flare on me, you know. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then they're like, "That's not real." <laughs> like that's, that's just, you know, like. You know, like that was just a myth. And she's like, Oh really? You know, and just things like that. They were just nice little lighthearted moments in a, in a serious situation. You know, even me, like just being a dork, you know, when, um, when they say, you know, the Mandalorian is not a race, it's a creed. I'm already looking at, you know, uh, Apollo. Apollo creed. That was a nice, like little, like, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but the fact that they wrote it that way and right. he's right there when he says it's a creed, you know, it was just like, Oh, like well, an Apollo creed. Yeah. Like an Apollo creed. Yeah. That's where my head went. And I was like, ah, funny. <laughs> but, um, let's see here. So, yeah. And then like uh, little things like, the duality or the, the, the conflict of Mando and IG 11. Cause like you see this as soon as he indicates that Quill is actually dead, Mando mm-hmm. falls right in step with his hating yeah. droids and thinks that, you know, he's falling back on his, his, his killer programming. You killed Quinn, all this. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, then he saves the day. And then going back to what we were talking about, um, what we were talking about is, you know, he gets shot because uh, uh, Gideon blows up the battery of the, the heavy repeater blaster and then shoots him. And this is what I thought was interesting. He's like, so was it, you think it was something special about Gideon's blaster or was it just that he was that close to him with the best car could not hold the blast from the back of the helmet um, because he's, he's clearly shot in the back of the head. I thought and, that I thought that he got hurt when the, the explosion happened. I mean, you know, okay. like land. You you know that forced blowback, and then like you, I mean, take take your uh, average football player that gets knocked in the the head. You know, you're gonna get a concussion from that. So I just assumed that it wasn't just like the fact that he got shot in the back of the head. I thought it was the blowback of that moment. Okay, because that's what I took that as as, yeah. as being. So, but uh, IG Eleven saving his life though made you kind of wonder like, well, you think you'll have a different opinion now of droids because IG Eleven saved his life three times basically in this episode, you know, invading the town, actually repairing the back of his head and then sacrificing himself for the greater good of the, of the crew. So I doubt it, but I'd like to think so. I, I mean, I like the, the character arc of that. Go ahead, Chris. I was gonna say, I, I, I like the, we found like the last puzzle piece of his backstory there. I'm mm. sorry if, you, if, if you've already met, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I don't think you mentioned it, but that last puzzle piece of, you know the the full sequence of his parents fleeing the the B ones right or B twos, um, and putting them into the wine cellar essentially, right? And we we got the reveal like who's going to open up the door. I think one of us said Obi Wan. Maybe it's me that thought. That well, who was going to take down the the actual like robot? Basically, like who was going right. to kill the, the the battle droid? So, but when we got to see when it opened it up, it, we saw a Mandalorian. 
standing there. Yeah. Um, it looked a lot like Boba Fett. <laughs> but they, they were all they were all blue, and I thought there were some some articles about how this was Death Watch, or that there was oh, something about okay. like the actual like insignias on those actual Mandalorians that were Death Watch related, which okay. would go in line with Nick's idea that that this sect or his like raising in the Mandalorian faith has always been a little bit more like extreme than or, like or what, the purists, what, yeah. Yeah, than what we've seen with like Sabine, for instance. Mm-hmm. Right. So that would that would kind of go in line with the, the whole Death Watch, like perhaps right. they, they saved him. Um, now, have you gotten to a Death Watch episode yet, Chris? And No, I have not. Um, but I am familiar with them from other some like the game the Star Wars games I play and stuff. I've I've okay. gotten a lot of these character development there. But um but yeah, so I mean I, I just thought it was it was cool to see that final puzzle piece. Um, and we got a little bit the, the the most out of that back the backstory when he was you know re- recalling his time, uh, and we know that Moff Gideon played a, a large role in his um, in his childhood. Mm-hmm. Somehow, yeah, I, I wonder if we'll get more of that in like the future season. You know, of course. So, and what's cool is too is they mentioned um, as I say they you know uh, reading stories somewhere. I believe Disney mentioned that they're going to be weaving in a lot more. Um, Skywalker saga characters that we know into yeah. season two. I, I I had I had read that too. I think Nick Nick and I are probably the most skeptical of that. Like what, who, and how? Yeah, we'll see. I'm I, I I'll proceed with caution with that until I, I see it. I, at this point. I trust what they're doing. I'm just I'm just going to trust what they're doing. Just they did like a we tr- bang up job. Just just like we trust our commercial break to none other than the best of the commercials. As we give you one right now. Now, oh boy, that was a really great commercial. Oh my god, sick commercial! <laughs> I wanted to mention. I wanted to mention: were his parents in some kind of Life Day celebration? Because they're wearing these red robes, just like Chewbacca wore in Life Day. But I digress. They're they're similar. They're red robes. Life Day. Come on, it's coming. It's making a comeback. Well, you guys did hear that they're going to do another holiday special, right? Yeah. I hope they do. They're thinking about it, yeah. I and John Favreau should be the director. I think it was actually so, his idea to do it. It was. Do it. Give him the keys to the kingdom. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> um, <laughs> he can do no wrong, right? Like he's he's going to be basically adorned like a, a suka at, at a at a convention center. Well, Bob like Iger's are, 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 are Bob Iger's already calling him like the next Lucas. Well, I mean, as long, I think as long as you have Dave Filoni and um, Favreau together, you can't really miss. Um, yeah, Filoni, Filoni's got swinging a huge Star Wars Johnson. Like he's, he's 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 got the knowledge. That's the I, w- I wish he did the Rise of Skywalker. I think he would have pulled in a lot more references. But yeah. I mean, I, I I think we Matt and I probably talked about that even before the first one was released. That I would have trusted it more if Filoni would have been entrusted with the whole trilogy. You know, I would. You know, probably been a lot more positive about it. I I would have been excited if he was given Rise of Skywalker as opposed to JJ Abrams. Only in the fact that, like, I feel like he would have pulled all of these threads together a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because because again, as we mentioned in our previous podcast about the for, for the Rise of Skywalker, if you have not seen it, um, some of the things that we were critical about is how it didn't connect to some some larger threads together. But uh, as far as the Mandalorian goes, though. 
Go so ahead, the, one of the notes. yeah, well, I mean, what, yeah, one of the threads I thought was really interesting that could easily have been missed. Um, so once they escape the cantina down through the sewers and they get down to the armorer, um, I literally liked a lot of things that she had. So when she explains that you know the the the, the uh, baby Yoda is what they would call a Jedi, even though it's more like a force sensitive creature. Um, mm-hmm. But what I liked about it was how she said, you know it's time for your sigil now. And she gives him the mud horn that he actually yeah. rejected early on, but he took it, no objections at all. And that was a really big character swing for him. And I think that he finally accepted that his fate is now intertwined with baby Yoda from now on. Well, and she said, and, you're a yeah, clan of two. You're a clan of two. And I, I, but you know, but that means that he, you know, he didn't object. And that's the thing is that he just like, he's like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, and like, I was like, I like that. I like that. It was just that. And, um, you know, you have, and I think it was probably the fact that she said that you now have a foundling in your care and he mm-hmm. understands what it's like to be an orphan. And, yep. uh, like, and I, you I are the father. Yeah. Within just a few sentences, I think it kind of really drove a good point through, you know, and, uh, she gave him an option. It's like, you know, either return it back to its kind, which I don't know how he could do that. Um, that was a lot of research and, or, you know, he's basically your Padawan or, you know, foundling. So I know I got sent you guys a picture of that on our, our chat of a baby Yoda in the full Mandalorian armor, which I thought was adorable. I mean, I don't think that would happen, <laughs> but I would just probably melt if I saw baby Yoda in Mandalorian <laughs> armor. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a little waddle, you know, in a little suit, you know, like we've, we've seen suit. him trying to, yeah. We've seen him try to try to imitate the Mandalorian. I, I would, I, I kind of always picked up from what she said there that season two would pick up with him actually trying to return him, okay. actually trying to like go on this quest. That's what I took from it. I could be completely wrong about that, but I just thought that that was setting up season two. Like he's on a quest to return this to these, these wizards. So, but you know, which could explain the introduction of other Star Wars characters. Well, I'd, unless they and, and there is rumors of, of uh, a casting of a young Luke Skywalker for the uh, Kenobi series, but I don't know how. I mean, that's going to take place almost twenty years prior to this show, so I don't know how that would even connect. But if you're going to show a younger Luke, you're going to have to cast a new Luke. Well, think yeah, exactly. I mean, think about like even sorry, Chris, um, in. Uh, she was the Clone Wars, or so it has to be Rebels. Rebels, yeah. you know, with with the with the Darth Maul Kenobi thing. You see that even in that episode of a young right. Luke, you know, running in the distance, like you know, yeah, so. running in the distance. But yeah, I mean, like at least for the live action, like if you're gonna. So I also was kind of wondering, like Skywalker Saga, like are we gonna see a random C three PO or two D two thrown in? Who who are you meaning in the Skywalker Saga? Like, are we gonna see so? But any anyone in the main trilogy of of original trilogy like Luke Han or Leia, you're gonna have to recast them. Yeah, and I, I don't. I I personally would not like that. I don't want any of the main characters. I don't mind seeing like a random bounty hunter or you know even a wedge type character or something like that. But I don't want a. I don't want a Luke Han or Leia. Um, okay. I I, I, don't, I, I I don't want main character. I don't want that because that's that's such a. Uh, audience draw for that. Like, I want to yeah. stick with just like, hey, this story is already working as it is. Just keep that. Keep I'm, it. 
yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that, Nick. I, I do agree with you on that wholeheartedly. So, so as so, they escape, oh, good. I was gonna say the the the. Okay, so it's it, it's not the Skywalker saga characters, but if you think about the timeline of this, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, beating a dead horse here, but you can go back to the aftermath series. There's a lot there. Um, that takes place during this time. And I know I alluded toward to towards the idea of the final order from Rise of Skywalker kind of is developed in this book series. I'm referring to the Aftermath series in this time frame. Right. right? So if you think about like yeah. in this time frame is when all that stuff's happening. So if you're looking for uh, there might be some tie-ins with the child that might be the reason Mm-hmm. For the the search of the child, it might be the might be a, a catalyst in in, re, in any type of resurrection and or creation. So I think sure. there's 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 a ton of potentially really cool tie-ins that could happen. Um, and seeing how you know with Filoni at the at the helm uh, and Favreau at the helm, I think their willingness to to, uh, to tie into the EU is probably a far greater than. J.J. Abrams was no, it, and I mean I think that's one thing that the Mandalorian has has been successful about. Even just name yeah. dropping Life Day, I mean you know, or like throwing in the the staff that Boba Fett used in the original holiday special, and yeah. and the Mandalorian's wheeling, you know, disintegration rays, you know, like all of these like things, like, and again, even as a casual Star Wars fan, I know I know people that are watching the show and they're just. You know whether they get it or not, they they're just enjoying it for what it is because there's enough um, substance there that keeps them interested. You know, like I I, I want to see I want to see the character of like Ray Sloan. Um, oh yeah, or or, or Gallius Rex, Rex, um, those guys. Uh, in again, check out the aftermath books series here. See what I'm not going to get too far into. I don't want to reveal anything for anybody who might be listening to or, or might plan on listening to. But the the characterization there between like the, a fallen empire and the rebuild of an empire um, with those specific characters is there's a lot there. There's a lot they could get into, and I think that the the Mandalorian could play a, a big role. Um, uh, Nick, you were about ready to say with their escape through the tunnels, um, right? Just keeping us on track. Yeah. The. So, yeah. Uh, the unique R2 unit? Were you going to get to that? or were, Yeah, were... I was going to say that we see a, 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 yeah, a very unique R2 unit. I think it's the first R2 unit we've seen in the series. But this one had, it's almost like a, a River Sticks type moment where you have yeah. legs and arms and it has a, a push pole. And of course, they're on a river of lava. So it's uh, fitting that it would be. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted I wanted to to like throw in a Force Awakens uh, quote here, but that's yeah. not how R two D 2s work. <laughs> like when right. I saw that, I was like, "That's not how R twos work." But I liked it, you know. Uh, you know, nevertheless, I was like, "Okay." So, you know, and uh, oh, also uh, we didn't mention the uh, all of the Mandalorians that were killed. Yeah, in, true. in yeah. the tunnels, like, and all of their like suits, you know, like. Like clearly, like some some stuff went down, and uh, they they wiped them out. It's like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. That was interesting because you know, in in the episode three, when you know they all come up to help Mando leave and flee, you know, he basically tells them that you know now they're going to have to leave the planet and find a new place. And they 
clearly chose not to, which was kind of crazy. You know, like they chose to stay, I guess, defend the only home that they know, and they paid the ultimate price for it, which is kind of sad in a way. So it makes you think, even though the armor survived as we know it, mm-hmm. like how how alone now is Mando, really? Right. Um, yeah, because they, they basically, from what we know, all perished, and all their armors just piled there. Um, it was kind of a sad and spooky moment. Um, uh, yeah. And then um, going back to IG-11, uh, oh, another, yes. another, another full circle thing of uh, him volunteering to sacrifice himself. Uh, so, cause basically, okay. So at the end of the tunnel, we've seen that there it, the, it's blocked by Imperials or imps as they're calling them. And IG-11 volunteers to, to self-destruct. So we know that, that, uh, Quill did leave the uh, thermal detonator inside of his chest. Um, <laughs> Maybe there was something where he just couldn't like unwire that. Like that would have been like, it would have blown up on him. So he just like left it in there. Like there's some like, kind of like, you know, I don't know, death trigger. What do they call it? Like a dead man's switch kind of thing mm-hmm. on that. That uh, True. So, um, but I liked, I liked that there was, there was a payoff for that. Cause I, even with the first episode, I was like, Oh man, I hope we see that thermal detonator in his chest go off. And then at the end, you're kind of like, no, I don't want him to die yet. This is like, <laughs> this is like the end of Terminator 2 when he's going in the lava. True, so true. Because so. that's what I, I questioned that immediately as soon as he stepped into it. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, IG-11 is a pretty skinny droid. And I was like, and that's molten lava. I was like, his legs would be gone within a bit. <laughs> but I was glad they at least showed that as he kept walking uh-huh. and he kind of started to hobble and and uh, was struggling to get through it. Because I was like, okay, that's, that's the least believable, you know. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean though, because I, mean, I mean, just those IG units are so cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, from the very beginning, you always wondered what they could do, and the fact that you've seen him spin and spin and spin and just shoot and kill, you're like, man, you wouldn't want to mess with any of those things. Um, but yeah, they, they uh, he sacrificed himself, kills all the, uh, the Imperials, and just when you think that they've gotten out, um. Uh, Moff Gideon shows up in his TIE fighter and probably the funniest line of the entire episode is delivered, delivered by, um, by Oh Green. yes. Yeah. Yes. I love uh, it. Yeah. Baby do the magic hand thing, you know? <laughs> and uh, I mean, my kids, my kids lost it on that one. That one. Was, I mean, they, they, they love anything with baby Yoda, but that line was hilarious. It was that was so good. Just like it was just perfect timing, perfect because it's like you know, and then maybe baby was like, "What? You crazy?" <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> um, and then oh, yeah, we forgot. Yeah, that also the you know the armor gave Mando a jetpack, right? Uh, which and we saw the payoff of the jetpack. Yeah, which was it actually leads to my only criticism of the episode. Okay, is that like you know when he receives it, he's like, you can't use this until you've trained and it's become part of you, blah, blah, blah. They, they made it a point to say that he can't use it yet. Well, he said that he did do some training on it before. Yeah, but she she basically is like, well, you got to train on it some more. Like, Yeah, and, 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 then, and, and then he was able to use it flaw- nearly flawlessly. Okay, but all he had to do, though, and and it so because I, I I'm with you, Chris. Because I was looking at uh, there were a couple things in this episode that I was like, wait, why did they give him until like sundown? And the other one was was the fact that he was out of charges. They couldn't blow up the grate, and then later you see him with charges, but he gets some more from the the uh, uh, what's her name? Um, yeah, the armor. Like he gets some more from her. So I was like, okay, that checks out. 
Now, when it comes down to the jetpack, basically all he does is he flies straight up, shoots at it with his like grappling hook, True. holds on, throws a couple like charges on there, and then and then lands safely. So we don't really right. see him doing like anything fancy like saluting someone. Um, because I guess that that's like upper level that's skills. you know, that skills. But I'm with you there though, Chris. I, I was kind of looking at that. I was like, well, at least he just like flew up and like landed. So that's all he yeah. really had to do. So um, but uh cool moment though. It takes down the TIE fighter with a couple charges. You get uh that that moment where you know he's like, No, you know, and, and it actually sells it better than er, uh James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. So no. the no scene <laughs> and uh you know uh kind of ends the episode with uh mando basically saying like oh hey carrie you're gonna stay around these parts for a while you don't want to go back to the uh, forest moon there where you can just kind of like fight people with your tether your <laughs> tether and so she's gonna hang out there grief karga has like completely uh, absolved him of any uh, bad doings with the guild. He's basically like welcomed back into the guild. So apparently we'll see Mandalorian doing maybe some bounty hunter stuff in the next season, perhaps. Well, we still need to find out what's going on with that, that bounty hunter that um, didn't die. I forgot her name. Oh, uh, um, the, the wait, the ones that were left on the ship or nope, the, in the desert. Uh, in the desert. Oh. Was, she, was she dead? Nope, she wasn't dead. Not dead. And we got, we got to find out whose boots they were. Oh, he, right. he's talking. About, he's talking about the one that right. walked up to the body that people thought was Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. right. So, um, other th- other ideas for season two, like since we're kind of well, clearly have a couple. I mean, clearly Moff Gideon's not dead, so he's going to be you know pursuing still for the child. Um, I can't. I'm I mean, I, I'm a I'm an open book. I'm holding so, out for Darth Maul. I don't. You know, my 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 original crackpot theory, which you guys all pooped on. I'm I still just, holding out. I just, I just can't see Darth Maul really being in here. Dark Saber. Okay, I so <laughs> one one uh, thing that I wanted to mention is uh, my 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 brother. He's a huge uh, Boba Fett fan. And he had waited to watch The Mandalorian. I kept saying, like, come on, man. Like, here's my Disney account. Like, just watch it. Just watch it. Just no, no, I'm just going to wait till they're all out. So he, you know, finally waited till they were all out. I basically was like, watch this show. You're going to love it. So he basically binged the entire uh, season just in one setting. And he was transfixed, like could not like, I don't know why he waited that long, but he binged the entire season. I was just kind of like asking him like, yeah, so what did you think? You know? And he had a few nitpicks, you know, like he felt like the Mandalorian was a lot weaker than what he thought the Mandalorian should be. And I explained well, so that. Is Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was explaining that. I think that the Mandalorian still in training though, for all intents and purposes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, this is kind of like his hero arc. Um, but it was interesting since he did binge it like the middle episodes, I don't think dragged on as much for him because it was like, he could just roll into the next one. Right. And by the time he did get to the Bill Burr episode, he was like, Bill Burr. And he was, <laughs> he was really excited. Um, but yeah, he, he thoroughly in, in, enjoyed the, the, the show just, just binging it straight through. And 
the the one complaint was is that he had to skip all of the intro stuff and i i wonder if some smart person out there or if some marketing genius would would just put all of the episodes into one movie put it on a vhs cassette that sounds like, it, it, it sounds like what it's like jack bitching about a uh, Battlestar galactica you know because they always had those <laughs> flashes at the beginning oh it's like, oh, here because it spoiled the episode for you i'm like not really but you know okay but i mean this movie this season could have been one movie oh know, yeah like, absolutely. so um uh, and uh, he did bring up, I thought, a really great crackpot theory. Uh, he was basically like, well, uh, the Mandalorian's going to clearly get the dark saber, saber and unite all of Mandalore. And I was like, okay, maybe season four. <laughs> like, right. But I liked his idea, though, about the fact that, you know, here from humble beginnings, like perhaps maybe that dark saber will, will pay off long term. I'm sure it will. But I mean, that's but that's what, you know, was supposed to happen with uh, Bo-Katan Carees or whatever, you know, at the, uh, with well, the, and, without getting too spoilery, Nick, um, yeah. but we also know that that happened a long time ago True. based on this time, time frame. So we'll just say that that happened a while ago. So True. where we saw the la- the dark saber last to where it is now, we know some bad stuff went down. True. So, so we'll just have to leave it at that. Um, Anyway, um, I know we've been talking for a long time, podcasting for, uh, as our listeners don't know, but for almost three hours. Any more thoughts on The Mandalorian? I know we all really thoroughly enjoyed this season. Chris, probably of, of most of all, I, I'm curious about, because I know we missed you for several seasons, for several episodes. Um, and and I truly, our heart goes out to you. I know you had to deal with some personal stuff during that period of time. It's not no, that you didn't want to be with us. Um, and I don't want to pull back the curtain too much, but I know you could not be with us. Yeah. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed every episode of this series. You know, it's just been so much fun. I I think I said at the top of the episode, they, they're just such, it's such a likable crew that you want to be around with. And, and I I was sad when IG 11 went just like you guys were like, like the show is just so well done. I think it has a lot to do with the fact of who's leading it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got some of the best creative minds, not only the best creative minds, but the best creative Star Wars minds on the job. Um, and I think that's that's true. That that <clears throat> that shows itself in in what you see every, week to week on these episodes. And it shows itself un, uh, unlike <laughs> some other Star Wars properties we may have been uh, reviewing. Um, but you just I feel it. You know, it, it has that grittiness. It has, it's got like the gritty clone warry, you know, I say that that's just relevant to me right now. The grit of those of those those cartoons, it's got that feel to it. Thanks to Dave Filoni. So um, I'm excited to see what they can weave in and out. I really do hope that they take it the route of the EU, you know, books that are that are published out there. I want them to jump in and out of those storylines because I think there's just, it's just such rich storylines just waiting to be seen on screen um so we'll see man you know like it's i hope disney plus survives without it <laughs> I'm, I'm always cu- yeah i'm always curious about that kind of thing with 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 rights and fees and yeah. even though because probably disney and lucasfilms owns all the rights to everything it's kind of like what we were talking about with the uh, rise of skywalker if you borrow from chuck uh 
Yeah, Windig. Windig. If you borrowed stuff from that, would you have to pay him royalties? Would you have to, you know, pay, you know, give him, you know, obviously you have to give him writing credits. Writing credits. Yep. Yeah, like but, give the man his money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pay him. Pay him. Um, but uh, I went to see the asset. Um, yeah. Go but ahead. Uh, that's what I mean. So like, you wonder if Lucas and Disney Co. Like. You know, because I've often heard people say that, like, why do you create things like Sith Troopers? Why do you make different versions of uh, TIE Fighters? It's because, like, mm-hmm. does Lucas retain the rights to everything he created? But mm-hmm. if Disney makes altercations, do they owe him anything? You know, and that's one of those where it's like, I don't know, and, and nobody does but them. But it right. makes sense in a way. It's like, why would we add in these storylines if we have to pay other people money for those thoughts? You know? <laughs> But here's another thing, too, like, whereas I think the movie could be super macro and micro managed um, by lots of people with like so much writing on the line. uh, Something like this was able to fly with a lot of uh, with with, uh, it was able to fly with a lot of uh, panache and the people that were in charge basically say like, no, you're not going to put Baby Yoda on a merchandise because I want this to not be a spoiler. And it was a very smart and I'll say it ballsy move of, you know, Favreau to like say like, oh, that's it. Like we're not we're not going to put it out there early. And even though, you know, and they say like Disney lost all of this money because they weren't able to market it. But you know what they didn't lose? A lot of fans, you know, because, you know, you can kind of look at it and say like, well, they didn't make baby Yoda as some marketing ploy. They actually just let it ride and be what it is. So, right. Right. Kudos to them. So while I was in the other room, (laughs) I was listening in um, and you get the most inspiration when you're, when you're taking a piss. Um, But anyway, (laughs) uh, you just reminded me of like, of marketing and, and royalties. One little Easter egg that came into this episode. I don't know if you guys heard about this or not, but, the troop carrier that came into oh, town, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, was mm-hmm. like was an old toy from back in the eighties. What? Yeah, that never it was never in any movie. But so the Mandalorian recreated it based upon the toy that I had when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, first live action, we'll say, yeah, version of that. Yeah, right. and, fair. No, fair enough. <laughs> so. And, and it appears in other properties, but yeah, it was it was really cool seeing seeing that come to life. Um, so, um, all right, uh, I I know we we have been podcasting for a long time. I hope for us all to be back um, again to talk more Star Wars. There's a lot of new Star Wars news, all burgeoning rumors. We we even mentioned it on the Rise of Skywalker one about the possibility of a Rebels sequel, uh, which would be great. Um, and I I hope for all intents and purposes that that actually does still happen in this year yeah. for anybody out there that hasn't watched them yet, you know, by jump into the clone wars, you know, jump into rebels. Either one will serve you right. Mm-hmm. Clone wars, obviously having a season seven coming up soon. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely cover that and talk about that as well as all of the other news uh, related to star Wars. Anything else from you guys nope. you'd like to mention? Mandalorian scheduled to come out November next year, or this year, I guess now, and uh, they've already got one episode of No in the can, according to Favreau. Really? Yeah. So. Oh, we didn't. T- we didn't talk about Favreau posted. Oh, He's- the Gamorian. Gamorian. The Gamorian. Yeah. Yeah. So he said in a we'll loincloth. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. 
Uh, so looks he, like he, a wrestler. Favreau said something like, you know, see you in the fall 2020. It was just a, um, like, a, like a figure of a Gamorrean. So mm-hmm. who knows? I, you know, and everything that they've done so far, it just feels like I'm playing with action figures when I was a yeah. kid. Yeah. And, and I love it. Which I found all of them, by the way. I sent you guys a picture. Yes, of my, that's my right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. You, you have a Darth Vader case with, with a bunch uh, of figures. It's in there. still at my parents' house, but I'll have, to, I'll have to get it one of these days. I go back there. Um, <clears throat> well, for all of those that can't go back to their parents' house to get their vintage action figures, you probably won't find them on Amazon, but you can find other things to uh, whet your Star Wars fancy. But you can go to J and Jack. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Amazon dot com slash jan jack uh and you can you can use our amazon affiliate link to buy anything off of amazon you could rate and review this show we would love that uh any anything on itunes would help us out as well as sending in uh feedback to the force is well done at gmail.com we would appreciate that uh there's a few patrons that make this show possible you can go over to patreon.com slash jan jack to make this show possible We'd like to thank all of our patrons from $1 to $100. Uh, but there are some patrons that make this show specifically uh, notable, and I'd like to thank them. So, uh, unfortunately, you're still going to have Rise of Skywalker themed um, names here because I didn't come up with anything different. Sorry. But uh, for are those. You, patrons, are, you re- are you recycling storylines like JJ Abrams? I am. I am recycling them mm-hmm. as, as well as, I mean, it's basically the, the same. I, I, I could use the ones from two weeks ago, but I figure these are a little bit more fresh. So no, so uh, I didn't say it. You, know, you want to hear me gripe, tune into the rise of Skywalker podcast. Um, on that note, uh, I'd like to thank tack from Taco Donna, Exegol Eckhart, Ed, the emperor post carrier, Mustafar Maggie, and if this one works for you, we can say JJ Joanne. Does that work? No, that doesn't work. All right. And the rise of the Drake. Thank you for doing what you do, and uh, we appreciate uh, for making this show possible. Like Just like the Haldo maneuver, this show is one in a million. This is the one. I have spoken for the last time.